at Colossians chapter 2, I want to pull out one more phrase in this that I believe has everything to do with you and I being established in our faith. Now, from the moment I walked in this room this morning, I got to give you fair warning. I sensed such a spirit of praise in this place. I don't know if anybody else saw that or not. But in our time of praise and worship today, in our testimonies, in our giving, there is a spirit of praise in this place. And I believe the Lord wants to do something with that. Look at this in Colossians chapter two, one more time. Verse six, as you've received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted, built up and established in the faith as you have been taught. Now listen to this phrase, abounding in it with what? Thanksgiving. Now, some of your Bibles might have a cross reference here. You see these two little words in it. I know my Bible here has a cross-reference that says in the original text, it omits both of those words. So those words perhaps were put there by the translators. And if you read it the way the original text reads, he talks about being rooted, built up in him, established in the faith, as you've been taught, abounding with thanksgiving. Abounding with thanksgiving. Listen to it from the New Living Translation. Verse 7 says, Colossians 2, let your roots go down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow. Oh, come on. We're already talking about overflow. I can't wait till October for overflow. You will overflow with thankfulness. You will abound with thanksgiving. You will overflow with thankfulness. You show me a truly thankful person, I will show you somebody who's established in their faith. This is one of the chief characteristics of a person who is really living and walking by faith. They're overflowing with thankfulness. They are abounding with thanksgiving. Now, let me ask you something. Take, take count here. Take stock. From what part of your being do you suppose thanksgiving would overflow from? Would overflow out of? It's coming out of your mouth. I said it's going to have to come out of your mouth. And people think, well, you know, I'm just so thankful in my heart. Maybe but you ain't overflowing yet. You are not overflowing until it's coming out of your mouth. And the reason I say this in connection to faith, and this is something I learned from Sarah years ago. This is a statement the Lord gave her. Thanksgiving is the language of faith. This is how faith talks. Now, if you're familiar with some of the same teaching I'm familiar with and grew up in, and you see it in the word that faith is expressed by our words. We talked about that. Cling to your confession. And we're taught, and I'm going to teach you about it. Uh, we all need to learn about this, that, that our faith is expressed by the words coming out of our mouth. And, and so we're supposed to watch those words and, 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 and confess what we believe, not just what we see. And, and you, we've all heard about our, our good confession, our positive confession. But even more so than just words of faith that have to do with, a, you know, I believe I'm healed or I believe I received. These are good, good things to say. 
These are things of faith that you can say. But one of the, one of the most clear indicators that somebody is really, truly in faith, listen to me now, and not faking it. There is such a thing as a fake faith. One of the indicators that somebody is in genuine, real faith is that thanksgiving is overflowing. That they are constantly abounding with thankfulness and thanksgiving. Look at uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians 5, this was in our Bible reading last week. We're reading a chapter a day together, every day, Monday through Friday. And we read 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 in verse 16. Listen to these words. He said, rejoice. How often? Verse 17, pray. How often? Without ceasing. Verse 18, and in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything, do what? Give thanks. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. You know, if we let, I think, the lives of most Christians interpret that scripture it would probably read more like this. Rejoice when you feel like it. Pray when you've got a minute. And give thanks when things are good. But is that what he said? No, help me out. Rejoice always. always. Okay, here's that spirit of praise. Rejoice how often? Always. always. Pray how often? Without ceasing. And do what in everything? Yeah. Give thanks. Other translations say, in every circumstance, give thanks. So we're supposed to be rejoicing all the time, all the time, all the time. This is what somebody who is established in their faith, this is what life looks like. This is what life sounds like. They are rejoicing, not just when they feel like it. Mm -mm. They are rejoicing always. These people are praying, not just when they remember to, not just when they've got a minute, and not just when things are so bad. Oh my goodness, prayer, has it come to that? No, this is a lifestyle of prayer. This is praying all the time. Now, it's not about constantly being in a prayer. You can't go through life on your knees in prayer. You can't, it doesn't work. He's saying, don't stop. Don't give up on praying. Don't cease praying. And in everything, what are you supposed to be doing? Giving thanks. In every situation, in every circumstance, you and I are supposed to not just be giving thanks, but to be overflowing with it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And as believers, you and I, of all people on the planet, we've got something to be thankful for. We've got a lot to be thankful for. Like what, you're asking? We're saved. Now, we already went over this. Hell is not in my future. All glory to God. Hell is not my eternity. Heaven is my eternity. 
The presence of God is my eternity. We have got so much to be thankful for. We've got a savior. We've got a healer. We've got a deliverer. We've got one who was rich, but for our sake was made poor so that we through his poverty might be made rich. We got a lot to be thankful for. And if you knew what you had to be thankful for, rejoicing always would be easy. Maybe we should try it right now. Rejoice always. Uh -uh. You do not rejoice sitting down. Oh, come on, you gotta rejoice. Get on your feet and rejoice right now. Oh Lord, we rejoice in you. God, you've been so good to us. Father, we thank you. Father, we praise you. Oh Lord, we glorify you. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for healing us. Thank you for delivering us. Oh, we worship and praise and worship and praise and worship and praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, listen to me. You know what you and I just did? You want to know what that's called? It's called a praise break. And you can have one anytime you want. You can have a praise break anytime throughout the day, no matter what's going on around you. You can just say, oh, praise break. And you just stand up and you just do a little dance and you thank the law. You've been so good to me, Lord. You've been so faithful. I just want to praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Sit back down and go to work. <laughs> sit down. Go ahead, sit down. See, now you know. And if at any point throughout the rest of this service today, you hear me say, praise break, you know what to do. And you know you can't do it sitting down. I'm telling you, the spirit of praise is on this place. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And in everything, give thanks. Now, notice he said, in everything, not for everything. In every situation, in every circumstance. Now, here's what I know about every situation. In every situation, there is something to be thankful for and there is something to complain about in every situation. I know that to be true. I know that because no matter how good things are, there are people that can find something to complain about. Don't raise your hand. No matter how good things are, no matter how great things are going, there are people Debbie Downer, you know what I mean? They can find something to complain about, something that's not right. But right on the other hand, no matter how bad things are, there are people that can find something to thank God for. Is that us? That's us. You know what that makes us? A bunch of crazy people. Now, I said crazy. I said, pra I did not say crazy. I said crazy. We are a bunch of crazy people. What are crazy people? Crazy people are the ones who can find something to thank God for, no matter what's going on. Crazy people are the ones that are constantly overflowing with thanksgiving, with gratitude. That's crazy people, no matter what the diagnosis is. No matter what the shortage is, no matter what the lack is, no matter how much it's going to cost, no matter what they do or don't have in the bank, no matter how they're feeling, no matter what it looks like, they can find something to thank God for. Well, the sun's up. 
and people will look at you like you're crazy because you got a smile on your face in the middle of something hard and bad and what everybody else would call hopeless and terrible, but you're finding something to be thankful for. I got breath in my body. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I can see, I can hear. Oh, thank you, Lord. You have been good. To, well, you brought me out before. You'll bring me out again. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. As a matter of fact, Thanksgiving is the mode that faith people go into as soon as the pressure's on. As soon as they're faced with an attack, they go right into Thanksgiving mode. Thanksgiving mode. They begin to overflow with gratitude, overflow with thanksgiving. Do you know that you can thank your way to victory? You can thank your way out of whatever problem you are in. You don't have to turn there, but listen to these scriptures. He said in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, he said, Thanks be to God that gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians 2, 14, he said, Thanks be to God which always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Did you notice the connection between thanking God and your victory? Thanking God and your triumph? Now, we all, of course, love the sound of victory and triumph. Just the words themselves get us excited. But if you have victory, if you got triumph, evidently you were in a fight. Victory is the result of a fight. Triumph is coming out on the the good end of a fight. And I want you to notice here the connection between your thanksgiving to God and your victory. Faith people... Faith people see everything in a different way than everybody else. In every situation, there are two things that you could be looking at. In every situation, there's something to be thankful for. There's something something to complain about. And whatever your eyes are on, that's what you're going to be overflowing with out of your mouth. How do we know if you're in faith? when you're overflowing with thanksgiving. And if you're overflowing with thanksgiving, then we know what you're looking at. Even in the middle of pressure, even in the middle of a problem, if you're overflowing with thanksgiving, we know you're looking at the right thing. But when you're overflowing with complaining, when you're overflowing with griping and grumbling and finding something wrong, we know, we know what you're looking at. Have you noticed that you tend to go the direction you're looking in? Think about while you're driving. Something to the left, something to the right catches your attention. And let's say you look over there, even for a second. Have you ever noticed this before? By the time you look back in front of you, you have begun to veer over into that direction, whichever way it is. This is a spiritual principle. Your life is going in the direction you're looking. Your life is going in whatever direction you are looking in. And in any situation, in any circumstance, there are two things you can be looking at. You can either be looking at the problem, and if you are, you're going to overflow with complaint. Or you can be looking at Jesus. 
And if you are, you're going to overflow with thanksgiving. It just depends on what you're looking at. Your life's going in the direction you're looking at. I want you to go to 2 Corinthians with me, chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It's not right now, but in just a few minutes, I can feel a praise break coming. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Thank you, Lord. We've gotten into this thing around our house. Our kids have been talking so much about Jesus coming back. And it's a good thing. Of course, they ask me questions about it, and over and over, my answer is, buddy, I don't know. Sweetie, I'm not sure. But they've got Jesus coming back on their mind. My son in particular, he's talking about it all the time. As he hears us talking about current events and news and things, he's like, oh, Jesus is coming back. He'll probably be back before the end of the year. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. We were talking football the other day. The, the football season just started. And I, and I asked him, he knows more about this stuff than I do. I said, buddy, where's this such and such quarterback? He's like, oh, he, th- he got traded from that team to this other team and they traded him for two first round draft picks in 2024. But Jesus will probably be back before that. <laughs> He's laughing at this team who took draft picks two years from now. He's thinking they're not even gonna get their draft picks. Jesus is coming back. That's looking forward to it. That's, that's somebody who's got something to be thankful for. Overflow. When, 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 the, when the rapture is connected to your football conversation, you are overflowing with Thanksgiving. And so we've just, we're just talking about it in the house. And I like doing this now. We'll just be standing in the kitchen and they'll bring up something about the rapture. And you know, Do you think Jesus will be back? Do you think he'll be back then? And I'll say, I don't know. He could be coming back right now. Right now. So if you hear me say, praise break. Jesus, come back. Something to be thankful for. Second Corinthians chapter four. Look at this in verse seven. He said, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Now, verse eight, he said, we are hard pressed. He's talking about pressure. He said, we're hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. He said, we are perplexed. Did you catch that? We're pressed. We're perplexed. Perplexed just means we got questions. Perplexed just means there are some questions that we don't know the answers to. He said, however, we're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted. That has to do with that pressure again, the pressure to get you off this road and path that's leading to life, pressing you, pressuring you onto another road. He said, we're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Pressed, perplexed, persecuted, and struck down. Now, any one of those things would be more than enough for most people to start crying about. Being pressed and hard pressed on every side would be more than enough reason for for most people to find something to complain about. But I want you to hear the tone of faith in what the Spirit of God is saying here. He's not ignoring the fact that he's being pressed. He's not pretending that pressure's not there. He said, oh no, we're pressed, man. 
And we're not just pressed, we're hard pressed. And we're not just hard pressed, but we're hard pressed on every side. That's pressure in front of you, behind you, to your left and to your right. That's pressure uh, being applied to you in every area of your life. And I want you to notice though his tone. Yeah, I'm pressed, but. Oh man, that's a powerful word. I am pressed, but I am not crushed. Well, there's something to be thankful for. We're not crushed. He said, we're perplexed. Yeah, we got questions. And that alone would be enough to send most people into a, a tailspin, a spiral downward in life. We just have so many questions and I just don't understand. And I just don't get it. If God is God and if God is love, then how can he let this happen to me? And how could this be happening in the world? And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. People get depressed over their questions. And Paul's not saying, yeah, I got all the answers. No, he said, look, I got it. We got questions. I'm perplexed. There's some stuff I don't know. He very famously said, we know in part. But the difference between him, this man of faith, and most of the rest of this world is not that he doesn't have questions when they do. No, he's got the same questions. He's just not in despair about it. He's just not letting the question drag him down. He's just not letting what he doesn't know depress him. Instead, he starts rejoicing over what he does know, right? Pressured, yes. Perplexed, yes. Persecuted, yeah. You better believe it. He experienced some serious persecution. And what persecution looks and feels like on the outside, it looks like everybody has bailed on you. It looks like you are all on your own. But he said, I am persecuted, but... I am not forsaken. Struck down, maybe, but I am not destroyed. I'm telling you, in every situation, there is something to be thankful for. There is something to complain about. And it all depends on what you're looking at. He goes on to say, in, uh, skip down to verse 13. You can see what he's talking about here. Since we have the same spirit of faith, According to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. This is the difference. This is the difference between us and the rest of this world. The rest of this world feels, therefore they speak. The rest of this world sees, therefore they speak. Not us. We do not live by what we see. We do not live by what we feel. We live and walk by faith. We live by what we believe, not what we see, what we believe. We believe, therefore, we speak. And we believe something regardless of what it looks like. We believe the word regardless of what it feels like. And I speak not according to what I see and feel, but according to what I believe. This is when Thanksgiving begins to come out of your mouth. I'm sorry to inform you, you've got a really bad diagnosis here and there's nothing else we can do about it. That's what you see, that's what you feel. What do you believe? Huh? Because if you will believe the word, then you will believe that by his stripes you were healed and if you were healed, then you are healed. And even just on the heels of you've got something terminal, what can come out of your mouth? 
Thank you, Lord Jesus, for healing me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for taking stripes on your back. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for taking all my sin, condemnation, and shame. Because of what you did, I'm free. Because of what you did, I'm righteous. Because of what you did, I am healed in Jesus' name. Thankful, 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 thankful. Overflowing with it. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.